Welcome to an all new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann. I would like to extend my gratitude to you for making my podcast a part of your listening experience. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you are a YouTuber and you prefer to watch your podcast on YouTube or just utilize all the features, just listening, what have you, The Real Lisa Ann is my channel. All of the podcasts land Friday after they land Wednesday on all listening platforms. Friday at 8 p.m. is a live premiere, and then you get to have it there whenever. So you can go back and listen to some episodes you may have missed. They're all in the playlist, my podcast, Lisa Ann Experience, right here. I also have Dudes Do Better, which is a really fun podcast that is exclusively on my YouTube channel, and it brings me reconnects me with so many of my friends from the past in the industry, so many of the starlets of today. And it also allows me to vent with a creeper conversation segment when I choose to engage with somebody who's being either hella creepy or uber trollish on my timelines on whatever platform, all platforms are at the real Lisa Ann. Obviously, I get a lot of trolls. I think everybody gets trolls to some degree. I seem to really get the creme de la creme. They seem to come to me. Before we get to anything else, I've got a challenge for you. Do you want to be Fit Soda famous? I'm Lisa Ann, and I have teamed up with my friends at Fit Soda to host the world's most epic viral video contest, Fit Soda Famous. I will be picking a winner every week, and that weekly winner will get a $500 prize, a Fit Soda tea, and a video call with me. Starting October 1st, I want you to wow me in 30 seconds or less. Show me a video of you doing something amazing. Make sure you tag at FitSodas and use the hashtag FitSodaFamous. I can't wait to see your videos and see who is amazing enough to be FitSodaFamous. I mean, come on, just follow at FitSodas on IG, follow at FitSodas on TikTok and get in the magic. Now listen, if you had a can of FitSoda, it couldn't help. We all know by now that black cherry cola is my favorite flavor, but there are three other flavors that you can enjoy and more flavors on the way. When you follow at FitSodas on IG, go to that link in their bio. There's a nice store locator there. I know Amazon has it and how a lot more stores are covering it. It is healthy. It has BCAAs, electrolytes, no calories. It is sugar-free and it is vegan as well. So that's all goodness. My mantra right now that came to me about a week go out of nowhere, and I've been saying it to myself nonstop ever since, is the rest of 2022 is all about you. What didn't you do? So like thinking about that as the year is starting to close out, it's early October, and before you know it, we get to see a little bit of Halloween stuff followed right away by Christmas and holiday stuff, and that's when we know the year is coming to a close. And if you really thought about things you wanted to do, whether it was read more, whether it was learn a language, whatever, see a certain friend, travel somewhere, there is no time like the present. And if we didn't learn what we should have learned in 2020 is that we never know what's next. Now is the time to make the rest of 2022 all about you. So I'm going to ask you, and you'll see me asking you this on social media, what are you going to do with the rest of 2022? Because it's all about you. I'm already factoring my things, obviously, of course. 
I know one of the things I started to make a mission on this week was making more solid plans with friends. We'll casually be like, Hey, let's get together soon. It's like, you know what, Joanna angel, you live real close to me. Let's stop with the, let's get together soon. Let's plan it. And we did it. And she's lovely. And I've had her here on my podcast and I just adore Joanna. Now that she lives in New York, why am I not seeing her more? We have a lunch date on Saturday. Uh, Just making a lot more like plans that are solid where it's just with my people face to face. So I step away from my computer because my biggest problem is if it's gloomy out like it is right now and I can't be out and about, I will just work. I will just work every day. I will just work seven days a week. And now it's football season. So I have a lot more work in front of me. And the only way I'm going to get away from it is if it's not in front of me. So I need to get out. So one of the things I'm going to do with the rest of 2022 is just be sure that I'm making those solid plans and I'm seeing everybody a little bit more before the year ends as we get busy with the holidays. But think about it. If 2022, the rest of the year, it's all about you. So consider my mantra as part of your mantra. Today's guest is going to be a really, really inspiring, fun, lovely, and thought-provoking conversation in a different way from where I've been. So I've had some more serious topics on, starting with Janelle Pierce, the STI project. You know, it's really important to me to talk about sexual wellness. And I think being somebody with the background from the industry, I hope that I can be heard and seen as a voice that somebody would relate to or understand or trust in. And so this conversation about the rise in syphilis, the rise in HIV, STDs, the the less testing we're seeing, all of those things, very important. And then last week I thought, "Mm, I read this great article in the news as I read my multiple hours of news a day. And I read about Jeremy Schneider from the Personal Finance Club. And I was like, you know what? Bookmarking this story, going back during the week and reaching out to see if I can get a hold of Jeremy, have him on and really talk about it because here we are. We're facing the highest interest rates we've seen in a long time. That means if you're carrying credit card debt, your debt is going to continue to increase even if you don't add to it. That means that we're looking at things that are more expensive, that are creating more debt, simple things, groceries, everything is more expensive. And now's the best time to really think about how you could be saving more money. And it seems unrealistic. How can I save more money when things are more expensive? You can spend less. And that's something Jeremy really talks about as the basis to get started on this journey to financial freedom. And then today, I'm going to bring you a story that just really is a reflection on the fact that when we love ourselves, we can automatically create positive change. Before I get to that, an ad from my sponsor. Guys, confidence can take you far in life and it can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes to like stepping up to the plate. You know what I mean? That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be prepared to step up to that plate. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. You can use my code LISA, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew is made in the USA and is prepared and shipped directly to you 
in discreet packaging. Sign up at bluechew.com today. Use my code LISA. This beautiful conversation that is going to take place, which is just a little bit of a mental break from the seriousness that I've covered, but also a heartwarming and loving story from a guest that you're going to want to follow. Follow BBW Sophia Rose on Twitter, and that's Sophia with an F. And on IG, I love Sophia Rose. My guest today, Sophia Rose. I am incredibly excited to have this conversation today because anytime I can meet with somebody who was a total frontier in the industry, like today's guest, Sophia Rose, who you can follow on Twitter at BBW Sophia Rose, on IG at I Love Sophia Rose. Sophia, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's a pleasure to finally get to meet you because I've read about you for years. I've watched you for years. And in 2006, when you really started to pave the way for the industry to see a wider lens of just a variety of different shapes and sizes and looks of talent. And now here we are. So for you, I'd love to go back and see how different you feel things are and how much of a difference you've made for performers to come in to look exactly as they look. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm really flattered and I feel super honored that that's the light that I'm seen in. Um, you know, I, I didn't come into the industry to try to change it. I came in because there was an opportunity and it created this vision of self-acceptance and self-love and inclusivity and diversity. And I didn't really know much about the industry. I really <laughs> was kind of sheltered and had no idea that that porn was the way that it was, the adult industry. And, um, and I almost didn't know enough. I was almost so naive. I didn't even know that it should bother me. <laughs> so I just showed up as I was and just did what I did. And I think the fact that I didn't worry about it is what created this. Do you know what I mean? Of course, because you yeah. weren't held up by your own thoughts, right? Exactly. Had you not been in the mental state of what you say, just being naive to it, you might've been incredibly insecure and felt judged. And so by you being able to come in as you and the confidence that you've carried with you as you allowed you to just go in there and create space, which is exactly what you did. It is. And, and like I said, it was all sort of an accident. Um, and, and, and I'm really honored. I'm, I'm really honored that people view me in that light and, and they, that, that is who Sophia Rose is to the industry, to the young women coming up, you know, and getting new into the industry, especially in the plus size community, um, and people just feeling like they have space. And I'm like, oh, I was just sitting here doing my thing. Like I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to do this. It's just, it's just such a, it's a very special place and a special light to be looked into. So I'm, I'm really honored about that. How did you land here? How did you get yourself into the industry? You know, it was all an accident. Um, I had a photographer approach me and, um, and he asked to meet me at a Denny's and brought his portfolio and said, look, I've shot Jenna Jameson. I've shot a lot of people. You have a unique look. You can do this. And I was like, this is, this sounds like a joke. Like this isn't who pays for photos online like this. And you know, this was the early 2000s. So it was still really new. 
And, um, you know, we did uh, three or four test shoots and I submitted them and everything happened in like 72 hours. And next thing I know, I was going to a photo shoot and, you know, doing a magazine cover. And I was just like, what just happened? (laughs) And, you know, I was, I was a young mom. I had worked in corporate America. I wasn't, this wasn't like, it wasn't a plan. It just happened. And, um, then in 2012, I decided to finally cross over and to do full hardcore. And that just expanded my fan base even more. And really, like, I, I can't even describe what happened there. <laughs> and well, and that's, that's, here I am. <laughs> first of all, I, I love the fact that this went down at a Denny's. Okay, that's, that's it a did, highlight. It really did. Okay? But also, it was somebody that was smart enough to tell you to meet in a, you know, you met in a public place, right? Mm-hmm. So you weren't putting yourself at any risk. But you mentioned that you come from corporate America and at that time, a young mom. How much did this change your life when it came to the freedom of time where you could spend more time at home, make money in a shorter period of time and have the freedom of controlling your schedule? Well, the interesting thing is, is I had woke up one day and quit my job before this happened. (laughs) And I cashed out my four. I think I was going through an early midlife crisis. I was just 30. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do this. I cashed out my 401k. And I remember my dad just having a fit. I worked for PepsiCo. Of course. I had to work for PepsiCo. So I had a nice 401k. And he's like, why would you do that? And, and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to live on. And this all just sort of happened. So I was already home, not doing anything. And this just happened. And I was like, whoa. And then when I launched my website, I launched my website five months later. So I debuted in October, 2006. I launched my website in February, 2007. The money I was making was more than I was seeing in corporate America. And I was making a very good living. Um, I lived in Orange County in South Orange County and was, my daughter went to a nice school. Like I had nice things and I was doing well. And I was just like shocked. And I didn't, none of this was expected. I was just like, what happened? Um, One of my photos from one of the first websites I shot for was one of the most downloaded photos ever. As soon as it hit, it was like in the hidden web. It was crazy. And in fact, I was going to post those uh, this Thursday as a throwback because it was October 2006. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to post that this Thursday. My boyfriend actually reminded me, he's like, this is one of the photos you gave me is hanging in my locker for years, you know? And I was like, oh my God, it's baby Sophia. <laughs> she was already very naughty as a baby. <laughs> but um, it's just so, it's kind of surreal because you're just like, how did I get here? And and look what I've created. And now where do I go? <laughs> like, What happens next? So well, what's, ama- what's awesome too is that you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. You realized you weren't comfortable in your work routine. And you know, so many people at that age don't just say, I'm going to quit and cash out my 401k and figure this out. They don't, they don't bet on themselves. And what they'll do is they'll stay. And next thing you know, you settle. And next thing you know, you wake up and you're 45 years old and you've been just working this grind to have this money, but do you feel fulfilled? And, and do you have, so through this experience and taking this kind of, you gambled on yourself. Of course, nobody's parents is happy when you touch your 401k, but how liberating was this for you when you made this stark, okay, I'm leaving my corporate job. 
I don't know what I'm going to do next. And then you took this chance and it ended up working out to the degree of this level. How liberating was that for you? I I can't even describe it. I think my defining moment of feeling like I really did it was when my ex-husband had called and left me a message that said, wow, you did everything you said you were going to do, which was ironic because I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just told him I was going to go and live my life and I was going to be free. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be stuck in the mundane. Like you said, you wake up in your 40, in your forties and you're just like, what have I done with my life? I, I've, I've worked, I haven't lived and didn't have these experiences because there was no time but to work, eat and sleep, you know, and be a mom. And it wasn't, I won. I, I felt like I really did everything I had said. And then I was, that was just getting started when that happened. It was like a year later, you know, I had a few covers come out. Um, I was doing, you know, all the solo stuff online. And, you know, of course he was starting to see it. It's nothing compared to today. <laughs> I don't even know what he sees today. I don't talk to my ex-husband, but you know, crazy, crazy. But all meant to be, and even a bigger purpose in that is you satisfied this need within yourself to live a life that felt more true to you. And then you kind of come into the industry and create this niche of, because of you, the BBW community became wildly present in the industry and, uh, and sought after. And for knowing that you've opened up that Pandora's box and you allowed people to see we're beautiful as we are, that acceptance, who knew, like, how does that feel that you reached that level of making it possible for other women to just say, Hey, maybe this is something I want to do. Like I said, it's it's a position of honor for me because it's just like I've tried to, you know, I, I started late into the industry too. So it's representing even older women. You know, I got in late. I didn't start in my 20s. I was already in my 30s and I'm in my late 40s now and I'm still going like I don't even know how it's still happening, <laughs> but I'm I'm very grateful and I feel very fortunate and blessed that the industry has accepted me that way. I know that a lot of it has to do with my work ethic and my reputation um, when I show up to set and, and how I you know, take care of myself. And I want that for everyone else, too. And especially in the BBW community where, where they don't always have the confidence or feel their own self-worth to take care of themselves, like they're not deserving of this and that. I want them to have those those things. And, you know, people ask me at one of the last award shows that I was at, you know, do you get upset when you lose? And I said, absolutely not. This was my vision. If they, if they are nominated with me and they beat me, bravo, because it means something's happening here. I don't want to win everything because if I win everything, that's not, that's not, we're not growing. <laughs> I want it to be the next generation. I'm tired. <laughs> so, you know, I I want to see that growth and, and opportunities expand for, you know, more mature women, for all women of color, size, you know, just everybody should feel comfortable. I, you know, I had a, um, a trans woman message me today and just tell me how much she had looked up to me too for the same reason. Like you gave us all space because you're fighting the same fight, you know, of being accepted and seen and valued. And I'm like, I'm so glad, like, thank you. That makes me feel really good. That makes my heart smile. I, you know, I, I reach so many people and 
I don't, I don't know how this all happened. I'm just, I'm just running with it. <laughs> I'm running with it and feel very fortunate. And the message you got today, you know, we're one of the very few businesses where you get actual one-on-one interactions where whether it's a direct message or somebody sends you and, and those, we get customer feedback, but we also get a lot of really emotional, uh, sex positive feedback, whether it's a friend of mine who went through a divorce after getting to know me and realizing that she had been living a life that she didn't want to be living. And it's just so empowering to -hmm. know that, she actually just kind of lived through me for a period of time and said, I want to create change in my life. You've been so bold to create change. in my I'm like, well, what are you not happy about? So the fact that you get these messages, it really hits you, right? There's days you get a message, you're like, oh, that rocked my core. You know, when they come to the events, when they come to the expos and, you know, it's a husband and wife and they go, mm-hmm. she goes, I am such a big fan. I have so much more security and confidence because- of your work. And you're just sort of like, that's such a weird thing to say, but also very flattering. Like, wow, I didn't know I was going to have such an impact. But I do think that it does make a difference because people, you know, when when we're watching adult films as a woman, it's easy to feel inferior to what the man is watching because it doesn't look like us, right? So I've given this whole, I've opened up this whole, you know, platform for people to see someone who looks like them, that they don't have to feel intimidated by or inferior to because we're not that different, you know, and I have the flaws and I have the stretch marks and all the things that they have and they feel, they recognize it and it makes them feel better. And and that's just, I didn't see that coming either. And I get that a lot. I've, I've gotten it in so many places and people that repeat every expo, I see them every year and it's, it's, they just, they just adore you. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't, I have no idea like how this happened. It's just so crazy. And, and it's a wonderful kind of crazy. You're just, it does hit you hard and you're just like, I love you guys. And thank you. Like, thank you for, you know, you, you kind of, you're keeping me here, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and I'm just it also yeah. says a lot when somebody comes up and can say and can feel comfortable enough in your presence mm-hmm. to say something to you in person. That mm-hmm. takes a lot of courage, you know. Right. I'm sure we all have a celebrity that if we met them, we don't know if we'd be able to speak in front of them. Right, right. And and I get those too, obviously. That's more often men than it is the women. The women are just like, I'm just a big fan too. <laughs> you know, and it's it's all of it. It's them feeling comfortable in their skin, uh, you know, naked and, and even with their clothes on, you know, and feeling like if she can wear these things and she can go out and present herself this way, so can I, it's okay. It's safe, you know, and I'm, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that it it turned out this way. I was really just trying to show that to my daughter. My daughter was born a little bit thicker than I was. And she was really, you know, teenage years, just like really down on her body. And I was like, look, let me prove it to you. There is, something for everybody. I didn't, it wasn't really trying to do anything. Just thought, let me just do this one photo shoot. It'll be fun. And it just, here I am. (laughs) Now having experience in the corporate world and getting into the industry as a a mature woman, Mm -hmm. how much differently do you think that has impacted you when it comes to your financial awareness, as opposed to someone who potentially gets into this industry and makes this kind of money for their very first paycheck? Um, well, I think it made a big difference. I mean, my priorities were very different. I was taking care of a child um, and I had run a household as, as a married woman. So I was not looking at my money as something um, 
to play with. It was, you know, very serious. And I was trying to make a life that was comfortable for myself and my daughter. Um, and, you know, just knowing, uh, being fortunate enough to have the knowledge of just, you know, investments and, and the different things that I did know, um, I, I was really smart. And I think that uh, now when people come into the industry new and don't know anything and maybe haven't had any um, any other work experience, we at least have um, different individuals who are here to help now and give advice and guide us because we didn't have, there's a gap of time where we all were just kind of out for ourselves, you know, we had to just make a way for ourselves. And now it's this group wants to help you and this, you know, we have, you know, um, mental health support. We have all these things that we didn't have. And I think that it's wonderful. And I'm glad to see that change and all those things have, you know, come forward for everybody so that we all have support at different stages in our careers. And, you know, especially when you come in and you completely lack life experience and, you know, employment experience and two things that you kind of really still, I feel like you need before you get into this industry. And I'm really thankful I started kind of late for that reason, because I would have probably partied with my money. And of course, it. of course, you would have bought you would have bought stuff with it. And even even to the extent of you know when I was producing movies, I did a lot of MILF series, and most of the MILF series that I produced, you know, the performers had careers beforehand. They were always more prepared on set, on time, you know, had everything they needed. Whereas, you know, when you're doing a series with younger performers, 18, 19, they'll forget their ID. Uh, they won't, they, they won't think things matter. Every bit of work experience we can have is going to carry over in our next line of work, whether it's the adult industry, whether you're running a business, which this really is as a performer in the industry, you become an entire business. Everything about you is a business. How much of that was fun for you because part of the business that I always loved was the primping. Oh, it's my job to make sure my nails look great. Oh, it's my job to make sure my skin looks great. And you, you start to realize now, again, these are things that are not as easy to do when you're working five days a week and you're only off Saturdays and Sundays. But we, my friend, can have a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's like, oh, that's my spa day or that's my... How much of a celebration was it for you the amount of self-care because the more you take I care of yourself. It. I love it now. I loved it then. I mean, even today I was getting my lashes done at eight o'clock this morning because <laughs> I had my podcast with Lisa Ann. I needed to make sure my lashes were intact. Um, and I love that. Like I love it, it, that it's, it's part of my job. So yes. a certain way. And um, I do, I love going to set and getting pampered and having my hair and makeup done and having your wardrobe set for you. I love having a script. All of it is so much fun. It is work. It is a business, but all of the prep that goes into it is fun. I love being able to like, oh, what are you doing today? What's on your agenda today? Oh, I have to go get my nails done, my pedicure. You know, I have a shoot on Thursday. Yeah, that's what I'm doing today, <laughs> you know? But it, it's part of the buildup to the shoot, you know? Like, so yes. you know that you're doing all of these little things, whether for me it was like tanning or, you know, all these little things. It was like, those were the routine things that you do in, in your mind. You're getting hyped up to go Absolutely. and perform. You're getting hyped up to be in front of your cam the camera and you feel confident. And it's just a, it's a thing that I think a lot of people, when I wrote my first book, my best friend said to me like, wow, I never realized how much self-care you got to do because it was actually your job. And I found that fascinating. And she was, she was a bit envious. She was like, 
I mean, that's totally awesome. I'm like, yeah, I have to get a massage. I did three scenes. You know what I mean? Or I'm on the road feature dancing. First thing I would do is I would say, Sundays, I'm putting myself in the body shop. That would be Manny Petty massage. And it was every Sunday. And, oh, and you know, right. and, and, and I lived for it. You know, I'd be on the stage Saturday night thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. Tomorrow I go in the body shop. So there's little things that are so beautiful. And I think we appreciate them more as women that are a bit older. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny that you say the body shop because I do the massage. People go, what do you like to do for fun? I go, sleep and get massages. The two things I never have time for. And the massage is such an important part because it is my self-care routine. What is yep. it that I do for self-care? That is my time to zone out. My phones get to go off. I get to be quiet. And I'm just in this moment of Zen for a couple of hours. you know. And if I make it a full spa day, even better. Very rarely can I do that, right? But, you know, it is part of the job and it is, it is, I'm glad I'm at this stage now that I can really do it more often than I used to. And, um, and I do enjoy it a lot. So I do too. It is my like favorite thing. Like if I'm on vacation and I'm in a hotel and people are like, let's go out to this, I'm like, you guys go out. Um, I'm going to go downstairs and sit in the quiet room at the spa. And then I'm going to get a massage. Then I'm going to sit in the sauna. Then I'm going to take a shower. Like I will, I will just be in that zone for, for hours. hours. So I, I recently took my mom. She had never been to an actual spa oh, and she didn't cool. know. She's like, what do you do at a spa? And I was like, well, you don't just get a massage. Like you go in, there's a quiet room. It's usually smells nice and it's got some relaxing music and usually a really comfy bed or a lounger. And you lay there and you're just quiet and peaceful. And then there's like a hot tub and there's usually like a mineral bath or something you can sit in and you soak and you prep your body before you go into the massage. She goes, prep your body. And I was like, well, your muscles got to like loosen up before they, and I'm trying to explain all this to her. And she's like, oh my God, I had no idea. I'm thinking I just go in for a massage like at the chiropractor. I was like, no, mom, no. And I will spend the whole day here afterwards and I'm eating and by the pool and, you know, I'm in Vegas. So, you know, I'm going to sit outside and enjoy the sun. And yeah, if I can take a day or, or several hours for that, I'm all for it. That's a vacation day. <laughs> yeah. And I think people kind of waste their massage when they walk in the door five minutes beforehand. Like I need to decompress beforehand. I want to use the amenities and start to relax that by the time yes. I lay down, I'm actually jello and yeah. I'm not taking that first 20 minutes. But these are the little luxuries that come along with this lifestyle that I think are very much forgotten. And also they're very time consuming. So there's, there's days where it gets hectic where you're like, okay, I've got to go pick up some supplies for set. They just told me they need red leggings. So I got to run and find some red leggings. Oh, you know? you <laughs> I got to find something and yes. I have unique size of shoes. So that's even more fun. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I'm going to find that. I better already have it. <laughs> it's not going to be there. And another change that you've seen since 2006, Sophia, is we're finally seeing mainstream marketing also having uh, a broader range of shapes and sizes and cultures. And it's so different for me, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, every single girl in a pair of jeans was 5'11 and weighed what I weigh at 5'2. And so whenever I would get something, it never looked the same on me. And that always was this thing. And now even looking through a Victoria's Secret catalog, it's like the the bikinis are on all different sizes. And I'm like, oh, this is going to make me not hate this bikini when I get it because it doesn't look like it does on me as it does on her. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. Uh, they've, they've, it's amazing how much adult impacts the mainstream, even though people want to believe differently. It is 
we all know that the viewership is there and this is where it starts. And when we can get people to start getting comfortable with it here in the adult side, it always branches over. Everything translates over. You know, those TikTok leggings that everybody was talking about, those were the leggings that were ripped off me on my first viral video. And people don't realize that. I'm like, no, those were ripped off of me. And everyone's like, oh, they make your butt. I'm like, no, honey, I was just trying to hide my cellulite and knew they were going to get ripped off. <laughs> like, these are not butt lifting anything, <laughs> but they're everywhere. And the kiosks are everywhere. And everyone's got these great lay. And I'm going, this is a joke. This is going to be a joke. But it does but translate. Porn does has always translate. been an incredible pace car for realizing what the world is really about, what the world wants. And we yeah. want people to love themselves as they are. And we want them to not feel any sort of way as they are an outcast because you look through a 50-page catalog and every single woman is a stick figure with no curves and you feel like you can't shop there. You know what else it did? I think it also gave the men who love the different body types. Because I see that there'll be a man who can enjoy your body type and also mine, but he won't be allowed to say that. And he will have shame for that and be ridiculed for that. Even my boyfriend, he's in his late forties. He's like, I have dated all types of women to try to make other people happy. And I'm at the stage in my life where he met me 15 years ago and we didn't date that long. And it's like, this is what I want. This is who I want. And I don't care if it doesn't make other people happy because this is what I want. This is what makes me happy. And we, you know, a lot of, I hear that all the time too. You gave me space to do, to be, feel comfortable liking. Do they still get ridiculed? Oh yeah, it's still there. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's not out of the ordinary either. No one's really shocked and surprised anymore. And, you know, I've definitely heard, oh yeah, I passed your photo around and more than, more than, more than one guy liked it, you know, like, oh, she is hot. I, you know, I could enjoy this. Um, and I've gotten those messages and emails and those, you know, in person, I didn't even know what a big girl looked like until I saw you, or I saw you here. I saw you there. It's like, great. I'm glad I'm opening your eyes to something new. Um, so I think that that's a good thing too, that, that everyone's got space and feels comfortable and liking what they like and being who they are and accepting and in loving themselves for that, you know, and, and I think that's Yeah, great. I mean, look, it took us long enough to get here, okay? Not not everybody is the same look, shape, size, and it took us till now, but you've been such a big, 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 you know, asset for the industry and for young women and for men and for everyone to really understand what true beauty is. True beauty is when someone loves themselves exactly how they are, and really opens up the eyes of others to love themselves exactly who they are. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't want to diminish anybody who was there before me. I know there's a lot of other um, big, beautiful women that have been in the industry before me, but it just didn't go very far. And I want to acknowledge that. I know that they existed in the early 2000s when I was there too. I think what was different with me was I was um, a unique look in the sense that everybody was white. <laughs> I was Latina and um, I am ethnically ambiguous. And I think that that really caught more attention where people thought I was, you know, from the Middle East or I was, you know, just all over the place. <laughs> I've heard everything. It's Italy. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm just a California girl. Like I'm <laughs> born and raised here in California and live in Vegas. Like I'm, 
you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, and I can be whatever, whatever ethnicity you want me to be. And it just, it checks so many boxes for so many people. And I think that's what changed it with me. And that made me more marketable. And I think the studio saw it and that's what changed it. And, and like I said, I think my experience in corporate America and my work reputation, showing up to set and always being prepared, having a good attitude, always, you know, I've just always been a pleasant person. I think all that combined is what made Sophia so successful. And a lot of people, a lot of young women will be like, how do I get into the studios? I was like, be consistent, you know, like you I say that, that's so crazy. When people hear this, they're going to die because that is the one piece of advice I give to everyone. Be consistent. Be consistent. And they're like, what? Be consistent. Always be on time. Talking to Always be prepared. Yeah. Always have your nails right. Do not I'm show up every, tattered. I always come prepared. And um, I was talking, I was being my own advocate for years with several studios like Brazzers um, and Bang Bros and everybody trying to like, let's make this happen. Let's make this happen. It took me three years. People don't realize that those conversations were being had and I had shown up in little things here and there. I don't know who finally said, let's do it, but somebody did. And it all just went crazy, right? Um, a lot of girls don't understand that consistency and self-advocacy matters. Like I don't have an agent. I've never worked with an agent. I did it myself and, you know, helping my publicist too. I mean, he's got a lot of knowledge, so he's always- Ryan Gross is you know, fantastic. He's yes. amazing. He's always in, I call him my Yoda. He's always back there trying, cheering me on, telling me, you know, this is what you need to be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. This is what, you know, this is important. You know, it's okay if you miss that. There's other opportunities. Like, I don't know. I, I need guidance. And then I have a one of the producers that I've, you know, known for years too. He was same thing. He's like, you can do this, you can do that. And if I didn't have these two people guiding me and giving me that advice- I mean, I don't know where I would be right now. And and I because I don't have an agent. I don't have someone to speak on my behalf. I just have people who can tell me, this is who you need to reach out to, make the connection. You know, they didn't do it for me. They just told me where I need to go. <laughs> but you mentioned the women that were there before you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the tenacity was there for right. as many. You say three years you were having these conversations. Do you know how many people could have gotten in their feelings had they been a little bit younger and just said, well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not calling you again. Like, you know, or just given up. Like there's not enough work here for me or there's not enough satisfaction here. For, and also those conversations can beat you down because in those three years I've gone through years of negotiations with people and they kind of string you along and mm -hmm. all you need to be is in the wrong mental space of not being consistent till you burn the bridge by accident, you know, which is, but you were consistent and mm -hmm. you were committed to it. And so for that, it paid off, but not everybody has that. Not right. everybody can take no and realize like a lot of people, you know, to me, no is just a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. No doesn't mean forever. It's still an opportunity. It's still an opportunity. Yes. And they didn't see that. They hear no and they take it as a rejection and take it personal. And I do think that that was, there was a little bit of that going on in the early 2000s with other people. Some didn't care. So they just weren't consistent and others were like, you know, sometimes a little diva attitude gets in there and while well, yeah. you know, I'm doing this. Or maybe the wrong agent that's, that's, right. that's feeding right. them in a, in a negative way yeah. and, and, and doesn't work for them. Look, I don't think an agent would have worked as hard for you as you work for yourself. And the only reason I say that is because an agent is managing 50 to hundred people, right. Right? right? That agent is not going to give three years to be patient with a conversation. He's moving on. He's just moving on. So you did the best thing for yourself of going to trusted advisors, the producer you talk to all the time. You're amazing PR uh, Brian Gross, and you have good 
good people in your ear. Right. You have nobody wasting your time. But what you did with that, you know, it's consistency. And you know, that's what a I lot said. of young performers will come to me and be like, you know, Lisa, like, what made you get rebooked at the clubs all the time? Like, what I, I said, and I always say consistency, but I also say to them, be nice. I was going to say that. Like I a lot of people don't. I was told no or not right now. Or I still get that. Hey, do you have room for me to sign at your Exotica booth? I'd like to be there. No, we're only doing, okay, no problem. Let me know if anything changes. I'll, I'll be, be nice. there in town and just in case. Anything changes. Yep. You know, we love last minute people flake and things happen. So I'm like, just I'll be in be town. Nice. Yep. Yeah. But if, but if I get my diva attitude and go, oh, wow, they just didn't want me because I'm fat and this and that and I'm too old. Like, I can say those things, but I don't believe those are true. They're so, not true. You know, and, and that's, and, and and that's ego speaking. And yes. you know at our yes. age that ego is the enemy. And so when you don't feed into that, and like being nice got me booked back to clubs yep. when other people were more popular than me and were doing more things than I was, but they knew I was going to be on time. I was never going to drink when I was working. I was never going to be a mess. I was never going to miss a show. So to those things, the right owners are like, We'll go with something consistent. Why do people go to fast food? Because it is the same every single time you order it. It's consistent. They know what they're going to get. When you're on the road, it's easier to do something that you know what you're going to get than go to a wild card one-off restaurant and be taking a chance. So it's, it's consistency with everything. You have been consistent with your career. Your story, Sophia Rose, is so beautiful because it was just kind of happenstance. Like you're just kind of like, ah, you know, like I'm doing this, but you bet on yourself. And you didn't allow yourself to be in corporate America and to pass your life away with regret that you didn't get to now see the world and travel and have these experiences. And it's just incredible what you've done for the industry and what you've done for yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel very fortunate. And if I had it all to do over, I would do it again. And I wish I would have started earlier. <laughs> so people ask me that all the time, like absolutely would have done it again and, you know, would have done more. Actually. Well, thank you so much for joining me right yeah. here today. I know all of my followers are going to follow you on Twitter at BBW Sophia Rose and on IG at I Love Sophia Rose. Yes. All right. Thank you. I love how much Sophia was really a pace car and not by trying, just because she truly loved herself and accepted herself as is. She opened everyone's mind. And that's what we all need to understand. And if you love yourself first, that acceptance surrounds you. You know, Coot Blackson brought this up on my podcast. Coot is the author of The Magic of Surrender, which is a book that I recommend. Such a great read and talks about we are love. We create love. We have to stop searching for love and we have to love ourselves. And Sophia is a great example of that. And you could feel the energy and the kindness and the warmth it just off the screen chatting with her. And I just knew this would be a great conversation for all of us to enjoy together right here on the Lisa Ann experience. But now we get to enjoy the wild ride that is. Yeah, the wild ride that is the mailbag. If you want to be a part of the mailbag, you can email me at asklisaann at gmail.com. Let's get to it. Mailbag, not too crazy today. I, I really, I buffered us for a little bit because we had such a beautiful conversation with Sophia. I was like, okay, we always get the weird ones, just a couple. Not too weird though, but, but good. This first one comes in from Dominic. Dominic says, hi, Lisa. I have one question I think you could give a good answer to. What kind of advice would you give to guys that, to put in simple terms, aren't as big as other guys? I'm 19, about to turn 20 next month, and I'm still a virgin. 
but I get really nervous of the thought of any girl laughing or leaving when I take my pants off one day. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks. I'll tell you, this size thing keeps coming back to us, doesn't it? If you listen to last week's episode, we've, men, young men are obsessed. And by the way, by 18, 19 years old, we were having so much sex. I also have a ton of guy friends and I've never heard one of them say a girl started laughing when they took their pants off. Again, guys, I want to remind you that you are the only one in the equation, not the female in the equation that is obsessed with the size of your penis. You've been comparing it to too many others. You've been watching too much adult content and you have unrealistic expectations. Would people not get into an intramural basketball game because they actually watch NBA athletes and they know they don't look like that? No. They would still play in their local community league. You need to still play in your league. No girl's going to walk out laughing. It's probably more than fine, but obviously you're worrying about it. And it's not allowing you to have intimacy, which is the worst part of the equation. Take the chance. You never know what's going to happen. Here we go. We got a fetish question. We got a fetish question. And this is something I've really started to learn more about. Hello, how are you doing? Okay, I have a smoking fetish. So it turns me on to see girls smoking and my girlfriend smokes cigarettes. So I'm afraid to tell her that I have a smoking fetish and that her smoking turns me on so much. She's so sexy when she smokes. My question is, should I tell her the fetish and is this fetish normal in parentheses? I'm afraid of your reaction. Thank you. By the way, Lisa, if I'm really speaking with Lisa, bye, Bernard. Fetishes are very interesting because I always thought that if somebody had a fetish, they shared it with their partner like right off the jump. Like, hey, this is what I'm into because that's what kind of brought them together. But what I realize now is part of the fetish is keeping it a secret. People like their fetishes being like their own secret, but then eventually they want to tell somebody it's kind of too late. Whatever you're into you should feel comfortable sharing with your partner. Because if you didn't trust that person, then how far are you really going to get into this relationship? Obviously, he's smart enough to date a girl that smokes. That's a win. So he gets his fetish, you know, kind of, you know, gets to celebrate it in that simple way. But you should always share and trust in sharing because it's important that you get to be your real you. Now, there's a limit. A lot of people with fetishes push them too hard. And because it's their most important thing, the thing they're focused on the most, they expect so much from the other person to feed into that need, that desire. Those of you who ever visit any of my live streams, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, whatever, we see a lot of foot fetish. And those people get really like aggressive, feet, show feet, show feet, no other dialogue. Hi, how are you? Nothing. So that's when it becomes a forceful, like, hey, this is the only thing that matters to me. So make sure you broach your subjects of whatever your fetish is, but make sure you understand that your fetish may not be somebody else's and that just because it's your fetish, it shouldn't override your whole intimate relationship. There should be a balance of what both people like. So that's something really important to have limits and to not become obsessed because sometimes a fetish can become like a kind of unhealthy obsession. Don't let it be that. Celebrate it at minimum and share your fetishes with others. Alex says, Hey, Lisa Ann, 
23-year-old fan from Tampa here. I'm just wondering what you do to stay in shape. Also, will you be attending any conventions in Tampa? I'd love to get a photo. Followed by, and I'm reading these together because they're similar, Marketh writes, what type of workouts do you do and how frequently? So asking about my workout thing, something that may sound repetitive to some of you who listen but for a news listener, I believe in being active seven days a week. Five days a week, I focus on the gym. So lifting weights for at least 20 to 30 minutes, cardio for at least 30 minutes to an hour, and then I meditate in the sauna. The sauna is such a great way for me to stretch. I do all my yoga stretching in there. I do all my good thinking in there. And sometimes I'll even go into the Pilates studio we have here and do some core workout. And when I say I'm active seven days a week, that means on the days that I'm not going to go into the gym and lift weights and be in that gym environment, I'll either bike ride, I'll go for a walk. Uh, when the weather gets bad, I'll swim. We have an indoor pool. So like I'll, I'll do those things so that I have movement. Because here we are in this small frame of life, you know, doing a ton of Zoom meetings, always staying within the borders of our computer, you know, staying on our desk, being at our, we're, we're in this small space. And we're not really stretching and moving. So that's why I believe in movement seven days a week. I really think that it helps me, you know, getting out for a walk can be one of the greatest and most simple things. Of course, it is weather permitting, but the movement has allowed me to stay really healthy. When I get sick, I recover quickly. All of those things, I sleep harder. I wake up better because you're not carrying anything extra with you. That movement helps you burn through and not store fat. Many people have said to me recently how great I look for my age because I announced my age on TikTok and I guess people didn't realize how old I was. I think the reason that I've been able to stay looking younger, I'm not saying I look super young, but like, you know, uh, is what I'm saying is I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm trying to give an answer. Exercise stimulates everything. So everything that I'm doing is increasing my blood flow, is, is helping my heart pump better. And that helps everything from your skin, which is your largest living organ in your body, to your hair, your nails, to your level of weight, to your joints, because everything is equally moving, be getting lubricated, being worked. You know, it's like a car that doesn't run for a while. If you sit a car in a garage for nine months, you might have some problems starting it back up, right? So you need to take care of these things regularly. I do believe we should all be moving for at least 20 minutes a day, seven days a week. And it's really not that difficult, even if you just consider it doing your laundry and, and being moving around, but make sure that you're moving. You're not stationary. If you sit at a desk all day, the worst thing you can do is go instantly over to a couch and watch TV. You need to take some time in between those two actions and move that body and make sure that you're feeling good and use some of that energy so you sleep well, you wake up well, and you stay balanced. And you, you know, it just helps your weight stay off, helps everything. I absolutely love being on top of my health. I love when I see my doctor and I get this like, wow, you're not the average 50 year old. I'm like, well, I take really good care of myself. So it's important to make a mindful approach towards Long, the longevity of our lives and how we're able to live later. I look at now as if I would have known 20 years ago, I'd feel this great now by how hard I worked out 20 years ago, I would have been even more excited about it. So I look at now what it's going to be like when I'm 70. So I'm looking at trying to live a life without taking medications, without having any health issues. So it's important to be moving. Jonathan asks, Hey, Lisa Ann, 
I was interested in knowing what you enjoy doing in your alone time. The time a lot of us who aren't in the public eye might take for granted. Hobbies, passions, etc. Great question. So Jonathan, in my alone time, other than working out, which is a big part of my alone time every day that I get to have, so we'll already put that off. I love to read. If, if it's nice out to just sit outside and read, I love to go to the spa and just be surrounded by the great sense of the spa and the quiet music and the environment of relaxation, the energy of relaxation. I love certain TV shows. So other than watching sports, which is something that I do in my downtime, but also part of my work, you know, I love to get into some different shows and movies, but I really like to just be still sometimes and reading helps me do that. And when I read, I like to have all of my technology away. That's why I don't really love to use a Kindle, though I'll use my Kindle or my iPad when I'm traveling so I don't have to carry books. I prefer a book and I prefer to sit with it and turn the pages because you can take it anywhere and change your environment, go outside, sit at the park, whatever. Those are those things. And I also really love to cook. So cooking is soothing to me. And even if it's doing food prep for myself, I find that time of just cooking and cleaning everything up, that feeling of accomplishment and taking care of myself, I find that time to be really, really great as well. So those are kind of the things I like to do in my free time. Last but not least here in the Ask Lisa Ann portion of the Lisa Ann experience. Hi, Lisa. I finished reading your book. You're definitely an extremely exciting person in all areas. Your life is what it is, neither more beautiful nor worse than another. Like many women linked to adult fantasies, your relationship to money is present on every page of your book. It amused me, but no job is akin to volunteering, especially not the one where the gift of his person will be visible on the internet almost eternally. So Lisa, just as a sex symbol who performs hot scenes that drive anyone crazy with desire, well... Beautiful Lisa has other qualities as well. How do you make them best appear? I make them best appear by sharing my life on my social media platforms, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or TikTok that are all at The Real Lisa Ann. Also, my YouTube channel where I get to do nice adventures like the Summit One Vanderbilt that I just got to do, Just Letter K edited. We went together two weeks ago. So by showing me as a person... It allows people to have another view. First impressions mean a lot. Most people have seen me as their first impression from the adult industry, so they're kind of stuck right there, which I completely understand. But I wasn't doing it for other people. I was doing it to set up my own financial independence so that I could have the life that I wanted to live a much younger than other people had I taken another job. And here I sit at 50 and I'm doing just that. So that's kind of how I make it appear. Then by getting dressed, by living the way away from the image of a porn star, and by demonstrating that this sex bomb, there's a wonderful soul and a great woman. So it's true. The porn tattoo on your face will be eternal, I fear. But the beautiful woman you are and will is timeless. Love you, Michael from France. So um, see, it's like a thank you email, how we close this up, which I really love, which is amazing. And I appreciate you all. Super excited to be back on air talking fantasy football, sports betting, basketball, tiny bit of baseball with you every Wednesday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on 
the Better Sports Network. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Sports Network. Download the app. You'll be able to listen to my show live. There's a comment section, which is super fun. Or also you'll be able to go back and listen to the shows online. Every Friday, I do my Fantasy Football Fridays. You can follow along as I put the links in my story to each show about 15 minutes before I go live so that you're able to listen live online. That said, the real Lisa Ann is my IG as well as all of my other platforms. I thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to know more about me, you can very easily find out more with one of my books. My first book, The Life, that was released in 2015, kind of walks you through what it was like to get in the business, what it was like to get out. My second book, The Life Back, tells you a wild story and a great journey of finding myself in this new world. So you can get them both at shoplisaann.com. They arrive to you autograph, or you can just get them from Amazon. They won't arrive autograph, but they'll still arrive to you. Uh, don't forget about my sponsor right here, Blue Chew. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Go to bluechew.com today. Use my sign-up code Lisa. I'd like to thank my guest today who you can follow on platforms like IG at I Love Sophia Rose, on Twitter at BBW Sophia Rose. I'd like to thank Brian Gross for sending me up with all of these great guests. Uh, PR to the Stars in Los Angeles. You know, we've got Lainey here in New York. It's been great to have a variety of different voices on these episodes to share with you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you Friday at 8 p.m. for this YouTube Live on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. Thank you for listening to an all-new episode of The Lisa Ann Experience. 